Okay, cool. I think that's good. We are ready to go. Welcome back once again to Orange You Glad We Watched the OC, a podcast where we discuss the seminal television program of the early aughts, the OC. (laughs) This is also the show where you can always get what you want. (laughs) And if you're Marissa Cooper, you don't deserve it anyway. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Uh Uh-huh. I'm Sarah. Hi, Sarah. That's Evan. Hey, everybody. My pronouns are any... Uh-huh. My my pronouns are Cupid and Arrow. (laughs) My pronouns are Hallmark and Hershey's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, shittily diddly do. Before we get into this episode, and there is a lot to discuss... In this episode, um, it is episode 19 of season one of the OC entitled oh, Fucker. There's so many. Sorry. Yes. The heartbreak. I mean, the more this show goes on, the more you're going to have that question every single time. I think this has to be the official retirement of that question. <laughs> it's just implied. You can't make me. Well, you can't make me fair. I, I get to ask that every single episode. Sorry. Sorry. So this is episode 19. Uh huh. Season one, uh-huh. the heartbreak. The heartbreak. The heartbreak. Yep. The heartbreak of it all. Before we get into discussing it, and this is a new streamlined version <laughs> of this podcast. Oh, you're awfully optimistic. It's really, it is. I need you, Evan, to take a look at this trailer. This is in the news segment of our podcast. Ooh. Because one Mr. Adam Brody is following me around to the point where he is in Shazam 2. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Fury of the Gods. I need you to look at that and watch okay, it. Okay, everybody, and tell you're going to come on this jury with this jury, this journey with me. Yes. You get, I'm going to supposed to, I'm supposed to tell you what? What is going on and who Adam Brody owes money to? All right, here we go. Um, join me for these two minutes and 30 seconds of Shazam exclamation point. Fury of the gods. We're in a baseball stadium. We're a lady with a dragon. Okay. CG. Lots of CG. The sort of standard CG. They really hate baseball. That's Dame Helen Mirren. That's Dame Helen fucking Mirren. A lot has changed in the last few years. The wizard gave me superpowers. Is that Lucy Lou? Yes, it is. 
it's so like maybe I should be writing all this down. dumb that they have to say Shazam. Have you heard of this franchise before? I mean, I was vaguely aware. Wow. Do you want that's these not powers? Is it? No, that's Zachary Levi. Who is a whole? I think he doesn't have any speaking lines, but you will recognize him because he has the Fleischman hair, and he's in a cape, and he looks like Adam Brody in a cape. Was that John Manhansu? Probably. <laughs> this looks like hot garbage. Billy, what are you doing? I have to do this. We end this now. This looks so fucking stupid. <laughs> have you found Adam Brody yet? I don't think so. Is he one of the adults? Heroes? Yeah, he's a hero. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> wow. I didn't see him, no. I, di- I didn't. Sorry. Okay. I trust you, though. I 100% so, trust you. Picture Adam Brody in the cape that everybody was wearing. Why do they have to say Shazam? I don't know. Why? What is this film? And that's, that is the question that I wanted to ask you. To whom does Adam Brody owe money? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's probably just... Well, no, okay, here. You want my honest-to-God thing? Uh-huh. Um, so I think he's taking... Does this have something to do with the bank collapse? <laughs> this is this is my theory. Okay. Um, Adam Brody is enjoying a... Brody brief, Oh, nice. Well done. A, a brief... Um, yeah, re re rebirth uh, into a, a, a moderate amount of spotlight, right? Because he's in Fleischman's in trouble. Uh-huh. What's the other thing that he's been stalking you in? Um, Shazam, the Fury of the <laughs> No. Oh, um, there were other things. There were other things, but it wasn't necessarily that he was in those right now. It's I became aware that he was in them in the past. He's kind of been working in little roles steadily. He also, I guess, in Scream 3, he was a guy who was stabbed. Okay. And he had a, a voice bit in Scream 5. Okay. Which is, I guess, because the directors of Ready or Not... Um, which is a movie that he was in, uh, invited him to have like a voiceover so he could probably get like tens of thousands of dollars. So, okay. You've just struck upon what I, is my theory about this whole thing. Uh Uh-huh. My theory is all of these fucking superhero movies, um, pay super fucking well because they all make shit ass loads of money. Um, why the fuck else do you think goddamn Dame Helen Mirren is in this? It's not because it's, it's not because she thinks it's gonna be fucking good. It's because they're gonna give her millions of dollars, and it's going to it's gonna make hundreds of millions of dollars in the theaters. You don't think so? I 
That wouldn't have made a second one unless the first one made millions of dollars. The only reason that this is even on my radar is because Zachary Levi, which he's the main guy who was like, you have to give me, let me take away my powers. You gotta take, you gotta take the powers back. I don't back. like him anymore, I mean, man. He was in a show that I used to love called Chuck. Okay. He was a guy who, like, his brain... Was he the titular Chuck? He was a titular Chuck. Okay. It was fun. It was a good diversion. Was he as ripped back then as he appears to be now? No. But now he has apparently decided to go the route of promoting this movie by um, being a right-wing piece of shit online. (laughs) Go cool! (laughs) That's the way to do it! And all of the people who have make it like their career of looking at people who are right wing online and try to dunk on them, but inevitably giving them, give them more exposure mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. are all like, why are you being? So that's the only reason that I know about it. Okay. I, we can't see this movie even no. ironically. Why would I even want to? I, because sometimes bad movies are fun. Less and less these days. Yes. For me personally, at least. We have, you're correct. We have one precious life. (laughs) Right? Why would we want to spend any of it watching that freaking movie? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Adam Brody's in that. It's weird. So that was the news segment. That was the news segment. So for the viewers at home, we have a goal with this episode, episode 19. One of the one of those goals is we have two goals. One of them is personal for me, and one of them is a, it's like a bet almost. Yep. Because at time of recording, it is not Valentine's Day. Correct. We managed to sync up pretty well with a lot of the episodes lately, with your Halloweens and your Thanksgivings and your Christmas and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Sadly, we're well past how, uh, Valentine's Day now, but um, I don't know about sadly. Well, it would have been fun to have it sync up. Yeah, I guess. So. We could have eaten chocolates over the air. Exactly. And made all the people who don't like chewing mad. We could make smoochy noises at each other the whole time. Yes. Smoochy, smoochy noises. Because we're in love. Um, But anyway, so um, fucking... Here in here in in episode nineteen at time of recording it is a th- it is a school night it is a Thursday evening and we have work tomorrow morning. Also, just in general, we're not funny or famous enough to have t- almost three hour episodes. We are James Cameroning ourselves before we even get out the gate. So our goal is to make it as short as we can. Well, here I'm gonna let me just so yeah the goal is to get under two hours. Uh-huh. Or, or under at least well under three. Yes. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. 205 is fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much we have to say about this, but we should yeah. start saying it. Yeah. So the goal is we're going to, we're going to be aiming for less than three hours. And then my personal homework is to try and talk over you less. Uh, and I do apologize. It's okay. It's just being a woman in America, Evan. <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm going to try and do better. going to try and do better. Um, I will put this out to all of our dear, lovely listeners, most of whom are friends and family. Um, do you dislike the length of earlier episodes that 
that are scratching the the surface of three hours or potentially beyond, let me know. Text me. <laughs> Text Evan because you have his number. <laughs> All of you have my number. If you are listening to this. <laughs> Text me and let me know what you think about the length of the episodes, please. Okay. Should we should we dive in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Episode 19. Where do we start? We start with Sandy rummaging in the refrigerator in the breakfast nook of Cohen. And who should come around the corner but Kirsten with a bow and arrow that is festooned with all of the finest ribbons and strings from Party City. <laughs> is she wearing red this whole episode? I think so. I was trying to pink. pay attention. She wears pink at some point. Okay. There's like a pink suit. Like power suit. But she's wearing, at least to my recollection, yeah. she's wearing like super valentine colors most of this episode. Yes. Right? Oh, the okay. color story of this episode is really interesting. Yeah, I would agree. Um, So it's a Nerf bow and arrow and she shoots Sandy in the back, which is very rude before <laughs> he has had any coffee. <laughs> if you shot me when I was making your tea in the morning, we would have some things to say to each other is all I'm saying. And she's like, oh, my God, Sandy, it's Valentine's Day. And it's not Valentine's Day. It's the day before. Yeah. And Sandy's like, oh, it's not. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. He is not. He is not having it. And she is smiley. And she's obviously looking forward to this. And Sandy has not had Sandy has not had his coffee in the morning. But also he is expressing the opinion that every 17 year old who fancies himself edgy comes to about Valentine's Day. He's like, it was a corporate holiday invented by and Kirsten's like, St. Valentine. He's like, no, Hershey's and Hallmark. And Hallmark. So they're at odds. And then Seth kind of comes in and joins the fray and is like, yeah, Valentine's Day sucks because Anna just broke up with me and I can't imagine why. <laughs> Kirsten also shoots him yes. in, in classic Seth style. So he's also going to try and find something in the cabinet and she shoots him and he turns around. And he's like, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, can I talk very briefly about character consistency? Yes. Okay. So, I don't want to... No spoilers. Um, but, you know, obviously things happen at the very, very end of the episode. But um, this... Also, the three people who know us who are listening to this don't care about spoilers. So no, that's very true. Please that's go ahead. Um, so, this reads a little... This reads a little uncharacteristic of Sandy Cohen to me. I was thinking the same thing. This whole, there are so many things that happen that are just like, okay, we're going to slot character C into round hole A <laughs> in order to move this plot forward. Chop, chop. Everybody's on board. Let's go. It is the Ikea furniture of episodes. Yes. You're right. Yeah, they're just cramming people in places where they don't necessarily fit or belong. I think I paused at one point and said, what the fuck is this Midsummer Night's Dream-ass plot? Because <laughs> Sandy, you're correct. Sandy would be way into all of the holidays up to and including Valentine's day and he loves kirsten a lot and like the only reason why um 
he would be against Valentine's Day is, for example, if it was Caleb Nichols' favorite holiday, <laughs> right? Then he would have a reason. But he should be going whole hog for this shit. I think he would be. Yep. Yeah. Right. An excuse to display his love openly for Kirsten. Yep. The woman that he loves and brings him so much joy. Yep. In his life. So does Ryan join them then? He does. There's a couple lines of dialogue about, oh, I wonder how Ryan is processing the whole Oliver situation. And isn't it crazy that all of that happened? And I think that's maybe the only time that subplot is talked about by anyone other than Marissa. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're right. Yeah. That, at least that explicitly. Yeah. So Ryan walks in and everyone's like, oh, hi, Ryan. Didn't mean to see you there. <laughs> and they're like, how are you doing? And he's like, oh, no. And he, you know, Ryan's around. He really bit. mopes around a lot in this episode. I, wouldn't you? Would, would, would you act any different, honestly? We're going to have to discuss his motivation for acting the way he does in this episode. Because he's very, very mopey. And if you remember, at the end of last episode, last episode of this podcast, I was speculating whether or not things were going to go back to normal. I was questioning whether or not things were going to go back to normal. And I was speculating at the time that everything would be hunky-dory. And we do get a little bit of exposition that Dr. Kim has uh, rescinded his... Suspension Thank you. slash... Uh expulsion whatever they decided that was going to be yada yada disciplinary hearing there are this is important also there are two characters who vocalize i wish that things would just get back to normal and kirsten in this opening breakfast scene says that very specifically like the way we get back to normal in this house is by getting excited about the holidays Mm -hmm. and then all of them kind of stare at her all of the men folk (laughs) and she's like all right fine and then it cuts to <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh yeah, it's like it's great because the opening credits almost cut her off. She's like, I'm gonna go da 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 It's like so fast. It's like even the credits are like too soon, Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Are we intentionally setting up a parallel between Marissa and Kirsten in that? It's significant that these characters cannot talk about their feelings and cannot. This is, I'm rambling a little bit, so this would be a time when you could cut me off if you wanted to. But I feel like, I feel like it's really important that Marissa cannot take no for an answer and cannot, she has so many opportunities later in when this comes up to say to Ryan, Let's talk. Instead, they just kind of are sad at each other. And then she like weeps and flees the scene. And, and she's supposed to be in therapy. You, you can talk. Where is her using her <laughs> tools from therapy? There are no tools. Where are the tools? Are the tools to just stop drinking? Yeah, honestly, I mean, you know, in the context of this show, it's, I think it would be safe to say that like so many characters and like so many plots, therapy was 
God, sadly, probably just a tool to yeah. introduce Oliver. Yeah. Not even necessarily to make Kirsten a healthier character. Yeah, she stopped Marissa? drinking. That's oh, sorry. Yes, Marissa, to make Marissa a healthier character. She stopped drinking. That's about it. Uh huh. You know. And it's certainly not a thing that her parents are concerned about anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> Does she show up in a single scene with one of her parents? No. 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 Oh wait, no. She with does Jimmy. at one point with Jimmy yeah. in the apartment. Yeah, yeah, that comes later. That that's the first interaction between the two of them that we have seen in multiple episodes. Uh huh. But yeah, it's it. Obviously, her work in therapy was not about communication. Yeah. Oh, also, um, in the scene just before we switch to the opening credits, uh, Kirsten gets in a couple digs at Chris Mucha. I think Seth says Valentine's Day isn't a real holiday like Chris Mucha. Yeah. In fact, uh, Seth and. Sandy have the same argument or the yeah. uh, the same to excuse me <laughs> defense that Valentine's Day isn't even a real holiday like Christmas. Yep. And then we oh, learn no. canonically that Seth invented Christmas when he was six years old, which is cute. That's it's cute. Yeah, it's super cute. All right. Could you imagine a tiny little fuzzy headed Seth? He would be pretty cute. With his enormous torso. <laughs> Oh, 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 we will get to discussion of the torso. So I'm assuming that labor went like this, right? Kirsten's on the, the, she's in the stirrups, right? Uh huh. The doctor is like, oh, oh, the baby is crowning. Oh, oh, here he comes. Push, push. Okay, I've got the head. Oh boy, okay, here we go. Push, push. Keep, keep, no, keep pushing. Holy shit. Push. How much of this baby is there? Push. Push. Nurse, I'm going to need some extra hands in here. Can we support the middle? Support the midsection. Push. Yes. And the torso, torsos, and... Seth is in the world and cut to 16 years later or wherever we are. Yeah. Um, so then we switch to school and it, for the first second, I thought, no, this is somebody's very wealthy house. This school is very mysterious to me. <laughs> but they're at the school. They, a uh, class has just let out. The, there are pink hearts on the walls. So we know it's fucking Valentine's Day or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marissa comes careening into Ryan. Does she have bangs yet at this point? N- you didn't notice the bangs until halfway through. I, I didn't mean, comment on the bangs until halfway yeah. through. I noticed right off the fucking bat. I didn't really notice until you said something because... Oh, those bangs are is not she, good. No, they're not good. Anyway, sorry. So she, Marissa is like, Ryan! And... Like goes into smooch upon and Ryan makes instead of saying this is a two way street instead of saying that he is uncomfortable and we need to talk he just kind of makes faces over her shoulder while she is attempting to smooch upon yeah right she goes in for the smooch and he does the most awkward dodge mm-hmm. he dodges her face and goes for the hug 
So then we do a reverse shot of her hugging him over his shoulder, and her face is like, what the fuck was that? And his face is also like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and this is when she expresses the sentiment. I believe we're told at some point that Oliver is in the hospital, which explains why he um, is not in this episode and will never show up again. I certainly hope not. Although, I don't know. Part of me is still very Team Oliver in this whole situation. <sighs> team Are Oliver? Are you fucking kidding me? Fine. All right. So I'm just to, to sort of clarify something. When you said this is a two-way street, you mean this whole lack of good communication? Yeah. 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 Ryan could absolutely say, because he seems conflicted. Like, he does, he hasn't completely written Marissa off, but he wants something from her that she's obviously not aware that uh, he wants her to give him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, the other thing, and I'm sorry to jump ahead a little bit, but I want to make sure that I get this said before the end of this episode, and I don't want to forget. The only person to whom he voices his frustration with how he was treated by everybody during the Oliver situation. Is Teresa? Yes, is not any of the fucking people that actually were in the situation. And that's also worth remarking on because of Seth's big speech at the end of the last episode where you were like, oh, it's kind of, I, I like it. And I was like, no, fuck that. Seth is always about Seth. Seth is not going to be your confidant or your person to say, Hey, I feel poorly treated by you because Seth is going to be like, but summer. Mm, yep. 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 Right. Oh yeah. What his big long speech about like, I've got your back. Yep. Sorry. I didn't believe you. Yada, yada, this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh, it's like, girl, no. And like, oh Christ, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish it wouldn't make good television, obviously, but I do wish that. Well, no. Okay. I'm going to actually backtrack just a bit on that. Because good television, as vague a term as that is, the television I like the most is television that grows with the characters that it is presenting to mm-hmm. you, right? My my best example I can pull up is Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. Because it's a bunch of seasons of you following these characters. And because you're a nerd. Yeah. Growing with them. And character growth is a big part of that, you know? And so I need to allow for character growth. And if we're going in... This show wants us to go in real time, right? As much as it can be achieved in a... Uh, episodic television show but we're going from one holiday to another and if we're focused specifically on ryan's development he's not going to suddenly become a person who can articulate all of his needs in the space of 19 episodes yeah and also Same I with guess, fucking everybody i guess this episode is kind of like you know he, he gets an opportunity to sulk yeah i guess because we're coming hot off the heels of the conclusion of the oliver um Plotline, as we've been referring to it. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is his sulking episode. The Oliver Arc. Yeah. Lacte Oliver. Lalavark. Lalavark. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um. So they kind of parry and dodge each other, <laughs> and 
Ryan basically does the uh, Nitro vaulting over Marsha times three <laughs> to avoid her. Yes, I will make a drag that was race more for reference. Her own, I would say than to avoid her. She she Anitra jumped over her to be like, "Oh, you think you're gonna do a fancy move? How about I vault over you like you're a fucking sawhorse <laughs> in a gymnasium? How about that? How about I just?" I'm really shocked that she didn't just use her fucking body like a goddamn balance beam. Everybody, look up Anitra versus Marsha on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is when Marissa expresses she just wishes things could go back to the way they were, to go back to normal. And her normal is uh, what? I'm assuming that their normal was the same normal that I was expecting at the end of last episode. Yeah. They're dating. Everything's fine. We just kind of forget that the whole Oliver thing happened for 12 yeah. episodes. Which is not not healthy. But the thing is, like, it's syndicated television. Yeah. I would have expected it to do that, honestly. Like, I would have expected Ryan to, you know, welcome her back with open arms and vice versa. Um, Until the next person comes to threaten their stability. Exactly. Yeah. And have neither of them learn anything. Yay. But this show surprised me a little bit by not doing that. Um, Marissa asks if he's doing anything for Valentine's Day and essentially implies like you should take me on a big fancy date because we're together again and everything is great and wonderful and he's like no I have to help at the Valentine's Day dance which we haven't talked about until now yes that was that was Kirsten's whole thing in the beginning yep was getting super excited for the Valentine's Day dance, right? And how Valentine's do... Day singles dance. Sorry, it's a gala too, isn't it? Yeah. What's the actual phrase? Is it I the singles it was... Valentine's gala? Yeah, some some amalgamation of those. Words. It's a convoluted phrase that they yeah. actually poke fun at because Sandy never gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's like, "Come on, let's get yeah, let's 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 heal from the the trauma that we'd all experienced by enjoying this dance." And Marissa's like. Hey, Ryan, do you want a lady and the tramp each other on Valentine's Day? And he's like, no. No, thank you. Yeah, his excuse is, oh, I'm going to have to be helping out. And Marissa just promptly invites herself to the party as well. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm going to be there also. I don't think she invites herself. I think she knows Julie's going to be there. Well. It's a thing that the community goes to. Uh, when was the last time Julie saw Marissa? <laughs> Who knows, man? Who, Who fucking knows? Who knows? <laughs> so that scene concludes and Summer is I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt go, because go, go, that go. scene that scene concludes very awkwardly. Uh-huh. This whole episode finds most of our teens just awkwarding around each other. Yep. Yeah, okay. Oh, what I would also add to that is why does Marissa have a large designer purse and no books? Because <laughs> school. school. Why would you have books at school? Why would you have books at school? What do they study even in high school anymore? <laughs> in 2003. Right. Do we study low slung belts? 
Uh, Chat GPT is the thing that kids are studying these days. That's all you really have to do anymore, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, God. <laughs> They're going to push out Chat GPT 4 soon. Oh, shit. What yeah. does that mean? Um, that means it's generative. What does that mean? You can tell it, hey, make this thing, and it will make it for you. Like what? Like a 3D object. Oh, Like snap. a website. Like a... Holy shit, that's fucking creepy as hell. Uh-huh. Cool. Let's not talk about that. No. Nope. That scares me. So Summer is doing the equivalent of having a cup of coffee with no coffee in it on the Galacta? Galactica? Galaga? Oh, Galaga. Galaga. Yeah. Ma- arcade yeah. machine. So you're saying she's not actually playing Galaga? She's, no, no. I, do, I refuse to believe that she is playing Galaga. <laughs> And uh, we get a slight parallel to the previous scene because Seth comes up to her and is like, hey, what are you what are you doing New Year's Eve? <laughs> but, val- but make it Valentine's but Day. But make it Valentine's Day. <laughs> and she's very... I was so excited for Summer in this moment and it just... Uh, Explain. Because she's like, no... You don't get to break up with Anna and then come to me and be all butthurt that Anna dumped you and think that I'm just going to slide into her place. No, she has a backbone. She stands out for herself. It's great. Yeah, essentially what? She's like, I've got more self-respect than that. Yeah. It doesn't last long, but... But then she is like, but I'm going to the dance. And he's like, well, I'm also going to the dance. And they do a little, like, soft shoe routine about that. (laughs) Um, That's it. Uh, What happens after that scene? After that scene, we go to Sandy and Kirsten. Sandy comes into Kirsten's office and he's like, oh my God, I've only thought about crab cakes all day. He and I were doing the same thing, thinking about crab cakes. God, I would love some crab cakes. You're basically Sandy Cohen. (laughs) With a lot less hair. I have decent eyebrows. You have great eyebrows. They're they're expressive. And your hair looks great on you. Viewers at home. Uh, you can't debate viewers. <laughs> you can't see me, but I can independently wiggle my eyebrows, and so I'm doing that. Anyway, just p- picture it. Picture it. It's amazing. So Sandy is both simultaneously like, "I want a crab cake real bad," and then he's like, "I'm going to be late to the Valentine's Day dance because of lawyering things." This is the first time that he talks about the restaurant in a good yeah episode, five episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, ah. I'm sorry, hon. I'm probably going to be late to the Valentine's Day dance because ah, uh, we got this meeting. It's about the restaurant. Don't you make? Don't you want me to do a good restaurant? And she says something along the lines of, "With the powers afforded to me in this marriage, if those exist, I forbid this." Which I find a little concerning. Um, I, you know, whatever it makes sense for the for the plot, and they have they butt head of, the heads on this a few times throughout the episode. Uh huh. Um, but wait, is this the one where they have like the fight fight? Yeah, because she says you need to be there for me on this because I have been there for you on the restaurant, 
And then Sandy starts bringing up a bunch of shit that's like, well, you've never come surfing with me and that's important <laughs> to me. And, and you've never been golfing with me. And what did she say to that? You laughed. Um, it was the, um, it was the surfing thing. He was like, you know what? You don't like coming out of the ocean. And she's like, wow, with the fish? <laughs> she is correct. <laughs> the sea is a monster gazpacho. <laughs> nice. Did you come up with that? No, I did not. Bolu Babuloa did. She is a writer. Okay. I love her. Okay. Anyway, Bolu, so yeah, they had, oh, if you're listening to this, we stand. <laughs> they, they have a fight. And she's like, you have to have, you're on your own for lunch. And she storms out, yep. wearing her red jacket. Yep. She really wears a lot of warm colors in this episode. She really does. It's it's the pinks and the reds and the girlies. The girlies are girlying. What are some of his other points he tries to make? She he brings snores. up the point twice. <laughs> yes! He brings up the point twice that he puts up with her dad. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't use the same point twice, my man. Like, if, it, if it's Caleb... I feel like you can, but... Your father hates Jews. <laughs> I had to tell you, hon, you're married a Jew. You're married, you're, your father's a Nazi. <laughs> I've, I've managed not to fucking kill him yet. <laughs> yeah, he brings up that she snores and she's like, I do not. What does he say? He's like, you like s- a freight train. You snore like a freight train fucking an axe. <laughs> I may have thrown that last part in. <laughs> okay. So the next scene is Jimmy's apartment where uh, Marissa has reluctantly moved her things back to after staying in the four seasons with a crazy person. <laughs> I couldn't tell what book she was reading. I also could not tell. I think that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, she was probably holding it upside down. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, she's reading a book on the couch, and Sandy comes in, and he's like, "Put the dad to the restaurant," and she's like, "Oh, Dad, you got his package from his secret admirer," and he's like, "Oh my God, Marissa, you didn't have to do this," and she's like, "I didn't," and it's those peanut butter cookies with the um hershey's kisses in the center they are christmas cookies were you thinking the same thing these are not valentine's cookies i mean i think with they're not valentine's cookies but they technically meet the assignment because they're filled with hershey's kisses i guess but i have never thought a i don't think about those cookies at all because they are bad yeah steve uh my brother, who will never listen to this show ever again, and it kills me. But who will be featured in the season finale. Yeah, 58 episodes from now. Uh, season finale of season one, 106 episodes from now. Um, he makes the only good version of that cookie, and it's still not my favorite. I'd still, It's not the cookie I'm going to go for. Because, like, it's a, a, it's a weird fucking cookie to bite into. Yep. Because here's the thing. Hershey's Kisses are fucking pointy. And yep. you put it in the middle of the cookie. Like, are you just going to cram that thing against the sensitive roof of your mouth? No. Yeah. No, you're fucking not. Anyway, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm, maybe I associate them too heavily with Christmas, which is why I think they can't or shouldn't be a holiday cookie for any other holiday except Christmas. But anyway. 
he gets them and is for some reason what he's yeah he's like we know who it is because in the in the previous the the previous Leon was very important for this episode. Although I guess the previous Leon is very important in every episode because uh-huh. the previous Leon was like, "Hey, you remember Teresa's a character? Hey, you remember Haley's a character? I wonder if they're going to show up in this episode." And you're who like, can say? Who can say? <laughs> Let's find out together. So we see these cookies, and the the observant viewer is like, "Oh, I know ex- fucking exactly who made the." Those goddamn cookies. Yeah. And this is also a conversation like Marissa fucks up big time, right? But Marissa is also encouraged by her elders to fuck up big time twice. How do you, how do you mean? Can you because explain? Jimmy, she doesn't give him any specifics about like what's going on with Ryan, like what actually happened, which is wild because this is her parent. Her parents should know. Yeah. What is anyway? Um. So Jimmy is like the way you gotta get Ryan back is by going through a big romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. So uh, what's her plan? To sh- oh yeah. shit! I never even put two and two together that that's the reason she did that. Yep. Dude, way to misread the fucking room. Her dad. No, I mean, I, her. That's not the fucking piece of advice. I would I would have, like, gotten the boys some cookies. Like, that's what I would have fucking done. Yeah. Is that scene, does that scene immediately follow this scene? What scene happens after that scene? The scene scene, happens- scene, 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 scene. Um, well, we close out the scene by Jimmy trying to figure out who gave him these seasonally inappropriate cookies. And... Uh, Marissa says, has anyone kissed you recently? Ah, that's right. Yeah. And then we jump to the next scene, which is Summer lying on her bed. So canonically, (laughs) Summer has a home. (laughs) We've seen it. You have been worried all this time. She was unhoused. She is unhoused (laughs) and just couch surfing (laughs) through her teenage existence. But she has a home. She has a home. Have we ever seen her parents? No. I'm pretty sure they never show up in this series. (laughs) So she's on her bed, like, doing, like, kicking her heels and watching television. And there is a knock on her bedroom door. Can I quickly say that she's also wearing a low-rise tracksuit? It is a low-rise tracksuit. Yes, you can. Because it is the low-rises-est of tracksuits. And... Okay, so uh, there's a knock at the door. Knockity knock knock. And she says, I'm studying. Beat. Naked. Do you know who she got that from? I know exactly who the fuck she got that from. Who'd she get that from, Evan? She got that from one Sethman Cohen. (laughs) Sethman. So if we're going to talk about, you know. stupid then and it's stupid now. (laughs) If we're going to talk about boundaries on this show and people listening, um, (laughs) do you remember how for the past two weeks I was like, hey, Evan, in your spare time of which you have none, I need you to compose an original song called Nobody Listens to Ryan Atwood. Yeah. These Atwood slash uh, Cohen boys don't know how to listen because 
He's like, it's Seth. And Summer's like, get the fuck out of my house. How did you get in here? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. You don't have parents. So nobody, nobody stopped me from coming through the door. And she's like, don't come in. And he's like, okay, I'll come in. Yeah, here I am inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is when we actually booed the television um, because he's like it's not that he's choosing Summer now because Anna dumped him it's that he dumped him her because it's always been Summer mm-hmm. blah 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 mm-hmm. and this is so meaningful to Summer that she's like do you have, you know... She tackles him. She tackles she him. She fully tackles. Yeah, he says, it's always been you, Summer. It's always been you. And, okay, yes, it actually has. Since episode one, he's been pining constantly, nonstop, forever about Summer. Which makes it even... When little- it's convenient to the plot, he has been uh, pining about Summer forever. Well, it's... When has he not been pining for Summer? I just, I never bought the whole Anna-Summer dichotomy if he had truly been pining for her forever and she showed the remotest piece of interest. I would have maybe had the teenage self-awareness to be like, this is my OTP. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. But Yeah, there was the whole conceit when she first liked him that he wasn't allowed to tell anyone. Yeah. And that was also silly. But he's also not self-aware enough to be offended by that. <laughs> no, you're totally right. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. They start... Oh, yeah, sorry. That's I, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, she tackles him. Yep. She tackles him. She's like, smooch, 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 smooch. And she's like... And I, the note that I have here, people who are unable to say, I think this echoes a policy of your sister's. Yep. If you are not able to say the word sex to each other out mm-hmm. loud in mm-hmm. the same room, mm-hmm. you don't get to have it. Yeah, if you can't say the word condom. You can't say condom. They can't say sex. They're like, are we going to, you know. <laughs> yeah, blush, she's like, blush. She's like, Cohen, do you have a, you know? And he's like, ah, oh my God, I actually do. And he's probably been carrying that around since his bar mitzvah in his wallet. Yeah, and no, it is no longer. That thing is filled with holes. Yep. It's going to disintegrate. Uh-huh. That could be a whole different subplot that does not actually exist. I'm just going to give you spoilers. There is oh, no good. No, I would really hope they would not do that. Yeah. This is not the right show. This is not the right fucking time. Nope. No. So they do it. and Oh, my God. Do you remember Gilmore Girls? Yeah. That poor character has sex fucking once and they make her pregnant. Uh huh. With like triplets or some shit. That shit was so fucking. Who's the writer for Gilmore Girls again? Who's the showrunner? Amy Sherman Palladino. She just hates women. Yeah. Just, that whole fucking show was just about torturing women. Yeah. And specifically punishing them anytime they show any agency. Yep. That was that whole fucking show. Yep. Anyway, sorry. I'm glad this show did not do that. I'm glad that. I'm glad that, and we'll get to this, I'm glad that this show has some level of, it deals with 
this it deals with young people having sex in a more mature way than other shows have i think it's not the it's not the absolute best but nor is it you know the worst i don't actually think it does deal with it in the best way i, I just have... said it's not the best i literally just said that <laughs> but i'm gonna add it might be the worst oh fuck okay so I cannot remember which podcast I was listening to this week that one of the hosts of the podcast was talking about how that because of television, the only narrative they had about coming out to their family was that it was horrible and traumatic. Mm-hmm. And if you push the narrative that if you're a virgin, like, yes, there's the physiology of it. And yes, there's the you don't actually know what you're doing because you're a youth or whatever. But the more that culture acknowledges that that's the norm, the less culture is like, hey, when we're jumping ahead. But when Sandy talks about foreplay mm-hmm. and Seth is horrified, mm-hmm. um, there's a real way to talk about that stuff, and there's a real way to talk about acknowledging your body and what makes it pleasurable. And the more they're like, oh, <laughs> when you're a virgin, it's always awful. <laughs> That's what kids expect, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, I guess the thing that made me... Um it was also very Hayes Codesian. I'm sorry. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. The, no, the sun rose or set or something over the bay after <laughs> Summer took off her shirt. It was great. <laughs> oh, that is a stupid little. Every time she takes off her top and it cuts to her back and Cohen looking at her boobs, and he just the only thing you can say is, yes, Summer. Anything you want, Summer. <laughs> So, okay, yes. Um, I, I think uh, what the, the, the point I wanted to make was it's at least this is a, this. Okay, this is what I wanted to say. The, the adult in this show that learns that these children are sexually active. Cohen. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Sandy. Sandra Anthony. At least, at least I didn't dive into the, at least the point they were making was if you are going to be having sex, be responsible. Yeah. Right. Be safe. Yeah. Um, at least it was that. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like Seth was afraid to talk to Sandy about yeah. it or wouldn't talk to Sandy about it for fear of, you know, being kicked out of the family or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You're, I mean, you're totally right. in you know, about the fact that like the, the kids, their relationship with it is not good. Uh, yeah. And reproduces some of the more harmful tropes. That are constantly uh, reproduced in these kind of media. I would agree with you. I was going to say, maybe it's good that he feels weird about talking about it to his dad, but it's not. It's not good. No. Everybody should be able to talk about this to whatever degree they're comfortable with their parents and with whoever they have in their family that is an authority figure to them. For sure. Anyway, so... The next scene is our boy Luke. (laughs) Our boy Luke pops over to Julie's house and is like, hi, 
Ms. Cooper. I was wondering if Marissa left her book over here. And Julie's like, "Uh uh-huh. That's why you're here. (laughs) Luke, you know she doesn't live here anymore. (laughs) You know that very well. He's like, I I guess I forgot. Because of my boner. (laughs) All my blood is exactly in my head right now, you could say. At least not... My top head. (laughs) I'm saluting somewhere. Oh, God! (laughs) Oh, God! And if we're just going to embrace the absurdity of this plot line, we're just going to fucking go with it. Like, yes, it's problematic and awful to objectify young men's bodies in the service of older women. It's not a punchline but also it is mm-hmm. sure okay this is happening yeah so he's like miss miss cooper do you want to go to are you gonna go to the mountains dance and she's like i don't know caleb's not gonna be there I wanted to look really hot and like parade in front of caleb but he's not gonna be there he's like does he, is this where he says like you're you're beautiful? No, no that, that's that comes the later. End, yeah, <laughs> where he's like you're a cool mom, <laughs> you're the coolest mom. <laughs> and the, the guys and I jacket, the jackets are you. Yeah, so this I is- do contributes <laughs> to photo. Thanks, <laughs> view. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She says she won't be there because she's too upset about Caleb dumbing her. But, and Caleb, Luke's like, okay, have a good night, Ms. Cooper, and walks away. And she kind of has this little smile. Right. And you're like, oh, Julie Cooper. (laughs) The fuck are you doing, Julie Cooper? Okay, so next is Summer and Seth, and this is where we need to talk about the torso. Yeah, so this is the sh- this is the classic shot. They're both on their back. They're covered up. They're naked, covered by their blankets. It's postcoital. It's the it's the famous shot that's directly above the bed. Yep. Right. And both of them have sort of a nonplussed look on their face. I think this may be a direct homage to when Harry met Sally. Yeah? Yeah. What scene in that? When Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan... have done the sexing. They've done the sexing. That's right, because they weren't supposed to be doing the sexing, because they're supposed to just be friends. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Men and women can't be friends! They can't be friends. What? <laughs> That's what Billy Crystal's always all the time saying. So there are little kernels dropped in this scene because uh, Seth is the first one to say, so that was sex. <laughs> and Summer is like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's ambiguous enough. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's actually a reveal in this episode uh-huh. that caught me too. You were pretty shocked. I, I was like, I'll be damned. I remembered it from the jump, and I did a really good job of keeping that a secret. You didn't spoil it at all. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. (laughs) 
Um, so Summer's like, I gotta go. And Seth is like, I also gotta go. And Summer pulls the entire duvet or sheet or whatever away. And we are left with Seth's ex- ex- entire long torso. And this is a little bit racy. I'm looking at the gif right now. Let me see. Um, it's a little bit racy for Fox's standards because you can kind of see the what they call the happy trail. Yeah, no, he's definitely got a little happy trail. Yeah. So I want to describe this to everybody, okay? <laughs> So, picture you're looking at a four by three standard American television, right? <laughs> NTSC, you know, 29.9 frames, uh, you know, 15 point however many interlaced fields. Ah, right? yes. Um, so, you Zero all know. Okay. You all know, you're right, 720 by 480, roughly. Um, so, I. Zero I, okay. <laughs> so, his head is at the top of the frame, okay? Because he's obviously taller than Summer is. Yep. Um, and when the when the blanket is over them, you would expect in a normal person's torso that if she were to pull the entire blanket away, you would be able to see his full junk, you know, his full Cohen junk. And when she pulls the blanket away, his torso is so long that his junk still manages to be well off camera. (laughs) And now you'll be able to find this GIF online and you'll be able to fully see just how long this child's torso is. It's incredible. He could have been a swimmer. Maybe he should have been a swimmer. Maybe he was a swimmer. Maybe he was a swimmer. Like in his spare time. Is that going to be my Google? Maybe. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to do it. Adam Brody comes. Was Adam Brody a swimmer? Um, he's married to Leighton Meester. Uh huh. We've been over this. Um, it's funny because Leighton Meester is from Gossip Girl. Hollywood now says um, Adam Brody's new series, Jane Levy's Thriller and Gold Medal Olympians. Oh, I'm not getting it's safe to infer that he was not a public swimmer yeah I'm not yep oh okay the Daily Mail has an article Leighton Meester relaxes with the uh, children no, at the beach while no, Adam Brody goes surfing no apparently he likes to surf the Daily Mail is not it's awful yeah yeah no it's not good don't give them clicks Oh my god, we're never going to come in under two hours at this rate. Let's no. move it. Let's move it, everybody. Okay, so now we're at back at the pool house. Because Marissa has been directly influenced to make a big romantic gesture without having to say anything or use her words. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she's been influenced, but she's also in control of what she does. For sure. So For she sure. shows up with this... But again, not the fucking... Not not what, how I would have interpreted my dad's fucking advice. But I'm right. sorry. Please continue. So she pounces on Ryan in the pool house with a big red rose. And Ryan is like... Yeah, Ryan's like, the fuck is going on? She's like, smooch, smooch, smooch. Smooch, 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 smooch. And she, like, puts her hand to pull down his pants. And he's like, hey, stop. Yep. And she's like, but why? And he's like, I just, I can't do this. 
Yeah, boy, when she was smooching him, she was even like, oh, we sure waited, we sure waited long enough to do this, huh? And he's like, what? This is also the second time she says that she just wants things to go back to normal, and she says this is her way of making it up to him. And that's creepy as fuck. Yep. That's like, uh, 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 nope, that would kill my boner for sure. That's also like, it strikes me as weird, like sex trafficking language. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, let's not kid ourselves. Like, for a long fucking time, the conversation around sex vis-a-vis, you know, the opposite sex, you know, the battle of the sexes. Oh, men are right. from Mars and women are from, from Jupiter. Yeah. So, right, the language used around that was, you know, oh, women use their sexuality to get what they want. Oh, uh-huh. women use their sexuality to please their men, you know. They yeah. don't do it for themselves. Ah, men are animals. Ah, <laughs> men are... They- <laughs> Anyway, yes. Right. Yeah, boy. To make it up to you, dude, come on. So Ryan is not down. Marissa kind of breaks down and has a little cry. And what does she say? She's like, this was. um, She's like, this was awkward. I guess I'll see you tomorrow. No, um, shit, shit. Um, She says this was. And he says, a bad idea. Yeah. And she says, I was going to say embarrassing, but I guess fuck my drag. And then, yeah, she gets her little shrug back on and she's like, I guess I'll see you tonight. Bye. Yep. And she exits the pool house pursued by a bear. (laughs) That happens a lot on this show. Yeah, it really does. Um, so now it's the next morning and Ryan is in the kitchen foraging in the refrigerator. Thankfully, no one hits him with a Cupid's arrow. But Seth comes in and is like, I just had sex. Ask me about all the sex I had. But he also is horrified by how badly it went. And he's... Go ahead. I think I just struck upon... A metaphor, a visual metaphor that they've employed in this episode. Yeah. Who gets hit with the arrow in this episode? Bitches who are not down with Valentine's Day. No, bitches that, bitches that find someone to at least be with a little bit by the end of the episode. Oh, shit. Because she shoots Sandy and she shoots Seth. Oh, shit. Both of whom end up with a lady at the end of the episode. (gasps) She does not shoot Ryan, who ends up alone. Neither... Does Marissa get shot? So what you're saying is Kirsten is actually Cupid. Well, it's at least a visual metaphor that they used, and it just <laughs> that just dawned on me. Anyway, so yeah, what's his name? Is like la da da la da da da. But also, I'm terrified. Yeah, he's like today I'm a man. He's like hello, Ryan. <laughs> you may notice something is different about me, Ryan. Is sex actually bad? Because <laughs> I had it. And this is where he brings Let up... Let me tell you, two stars. Yeah, it was like, I I breathed weird, I sweated on her, and he says, like, he brings up fish sex, the term fish sex. <laughs> and I think all three of us, Ryan... <laughs> And you and me said ew. <laughs> so that's that's in the ew count. That is in the ew count. 
And he's like, essentially, Seth is considering that Ryan is a man of the world, and he's like, what can I do better next time? How do I do the sexing? Yeah. And Ryan's like, I don't fucking know. I'm 17. I just boned a bunch, probably in weird circumstances when I was younger. His, his advice boils down to try it again. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Which is, it's solid advice. Oh, for sure. Surely. But also, I would, I, you know, I really, I do want to point out that even though Ryan is canonically supposed to be a bit of a ladies' man, yeah, he's also still very young and probably still kind of sucks. And also, we are going to the traumatized, if not child, youth mm-hmm. who is having a bad time. <laughs> Of things in general. Yeah. And all you can think to say is, hey, Ryan, how do I do the sexist? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, pretty cavalierly forgetting the fact that the last four or five episodes were pretty severely traumatic for Ryan. Like, hey, can I bring you, like, some cheesecake? Or can we, like, watch SpongeBob SquarePants for a bit? Can we play Ninja ninja game that you identified what's the game stop looking at me the game that they play all the time dynasty warriors dynasty warriors thank you i was good i was giving you a second to try and get there i I, it's fine i would not have gotten there i would not have gotten there it's a pretty fun game we should see if they can get it for the switch but this would have been a prime time for a dynasty warriors (laughs) well fucking seth is like hey bro sorry we gaslit you for five episodes (laughs) so about my boner So because about my that. boner <laughs> and Marissa and Summer are sitting in beach chairs having a version of the same conversation and at first Marissa is just bald faced lying to yeah. Summer like we decided to wait because we're so passionately in love with each other. That's not even what she says. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. each other's she, time she, and she, bodies. She just, you know what she says? She talks like they're two, like she talks like they're a married couple with a bunch of kids. Yeah. She says, uh, we didn't end up doing it because, you know, we were just so tired. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck do you mean you were so tired? No. You're young. You have boundless energy. You are 17. You have probably done several bumps of coke before <laughs> this scene. Like, there's no way you're, t- you know, like, who's tired is an old married couple with fucking five kids. You know, who just came back from fucking you know, picking everybody up and getting groceries and they're coming back from their jobs. Those motherfuckers are tired. You fuckers don't even have jobs. You don't have to fucking pay taxes. You're not tired. Bone. 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 <laughs> anyway, it's an awful excuse. Yeah, yep. she's bald faced lying and also doing a shitty job of it. Yep. So, but uh, Summer is very clear about her insecurities from the jump and she's like I had sex with Cohen and it was bad and I don't know what to do about it and Summer or Marissa's like oh my god you had sex with Cohen and that's when she decides to come clean about the real reason and she's it's it's very teenage and that she's like the only reason why he didn't want to have sex with me is because he hates me that's the conclusion that you go to <laughs> when you're a teenager and what is summer's advice i think they both kind of decide to stop pursuing the men folk that they're pursuing 
and that lasts for approximately three seconds. Yeah, boy, that doesn't continue into the next scene. No. Like, at fucking all. So, um, and they're talking about how bad sex and or no sex must mean their relationships are both doomed, mm-hmm. which is not the conclusion that we draw from this. No. But we leave this scene, and we go to back to the Cohen house, and Kirsten and Sandy are still kind of at odds with each other in the kitchen. I don't remember exactly what Kirsten says to Sandy, but it's very much like, ask your father to pass the peas. Yeah, first like she says nothing. kind of vibe. Yeah. He comes in. Oh, no, 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 no that's fridge. right. Yeah. Yeah. He opens up the fridge. You know, he's like, eh, it's all about those jets. I don't remember what he fucking <laughs> says, but she's not saying anything. I mean, the jets are in New York. And then, yeah, well, he's from, oh, who's from New Jersey then? How about those clamshells? <laughs> That's football team. And she's not saying anything. And he's How like, about How about those Jersey Shores? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about those frosted tips? They're yes. going to do really good this year. From what I hear. Anyway, she's giving him the silent treatment is what's happening. And he's like, how the fuck long is this going to fucking go on? And she's like, until after Valentine's Day, you piece of shit. Yeah, she's like, until you give a fuck about Valentine's Day, I have nothing to say to you. Yep. The likes of you. Which is great and healthy, wonderful. <laughs> we love this for everyone. Yeah, these fucking children are no better at goddamn communicating than the literal fucking children. And then Seth comes in and is like, Dad, we need to talk. Can I, can I, uh... Can we have the can talk? I, can, I, can I speak with you privately, Father? Please? About men things? And Sandy basically, like, throws a parade for his son around the block. And it's like, yes. <laughs> and then they, could, they they proceed to have one of the most awkward. And again, like, why can't they just can't fucking say shit? Even Sandy should be the person with the healthiest fucking ability to actually discuss this with his son. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That gets interrupted before they cut to Sandy and uh, Adam Brody <laughs> having the talk. Um, Jimmy comes in with the cookies. Yes! And yes! And like, hey, do you want some cookies that I can't eat myself? And Kirsten is like, Finally, someone is in the holiday spirit. And no one says, ma'am, these are Christmas cookies, clearly. (laughs) She didn't say which holiday. Yeah. And Jimmy points out that they're probably cookies from a secret admirer. And uh, Kirsten says, these are exactly like the ones that Haley used to make. And the last time, I don't even, this does not come up organically. No, not even in the least. She's like, hey, the last time that she was in this city, I found her in a boat on the harbor. I thought that she had left, but she had not left. She was staying with a friend in a boat on the harbor. (laughs) In a boat on the harbor. Really, the biggest crime of this series is there was never a musical episode. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we have that uh, plot line that we're like, that's going to happen a couple scenes from now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, put that on the list of things that are going to happen. Yep, so now we jump back to Sandy and 
Seth Cohen. And they're in a different room. They're in like a study. Yeah. We haven't seen this room before. I was going to say, a room that we have never seen in whatever this house is that they're allowed to film in. It must have been mid-series negotiations with whoever owned the house. And they were like, clearly you guys are doing better than we expected. And you can film in more of the house, but give us more money. Right. So they're in the study and Sandy's like, you got to... You gotta have a foreplay plan. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, okay, again, the writing in this episode is very awkward. Yep. Um, he's like, ah, my son! Ah, you're you Cohen! You really got in there! I'm, I'm proud of you for sticking it out after all that foreplay! That's literally, like, how he says it. He's like, I'm glad you made it to the end after all of that foreplay. Uh, and he's like, for, 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 huh? For what? <laughs> Yeah, and Sandy's like, what are you, well, yeah, you gotta, and then he very awkward, it's like, you gotta, you know, massage, you gotta, you, you kiss like on the, the neck, the point is, and that's almost exactly what he said, he's like, you kiss the neck, the point is, you, you know, you, you, you gotta, what does he say, oh, it's so gross, he's like, um, uh, he's like, the appetizer is even, is just as good as the main course. It's like, guys, no cutesy metaphors. Please, just fucking say sex. Just say cunnilingus. It's fine. I know you fucking can't because it's on the fucking WB or Fox or whatever the fuck this thing goddamn played. I know they can't say cunnilingus, but like, Jesus Christ. TikTok was not invented at this point. You did not have to say S E G G S. Yeah, (laughs) to describe sex. But also, um, I want you to describe this GIF that I'm handing to you. So the GIF I'm looking at now is of Sandrew Anthony Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great line from this exchange. Because he's like, I understand your willingness to jump the gun because we Cohen's are we're always ready to go. <laughs> we Cohen's are very sexual beings, is what this chip is saying. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, we laughed so hard. <laughs> we Cohen's are very sexual beings. I feel like this episode is when you've come to truly oh, embrace Christ. the absurdities of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I love this for us. Oh my god. Oh shit. So this conversation ends with Seth basically being like, uh, let us never speak of this again, but thanks, Dad. And that's a nice little, you know, it's still like stupid that he's so embarrassed of talking about this stuff with his father and he's so grossed out about thinking about his father having sex and letting his father know that he's having sex but this is also the part of the show where sandy's like you wore a condom right or he was like you what they can't were you not allowed to say condom i feel like you must not have been because they don't at any point he's like did you did you put a rain cap on the small mouse? <laughs> did did the eagle come into the nest with a hat? With a hat. <laughs> From darkest Peru, did the bear wear a yellow hat? <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's like, at least if you're gonna have sex, 
yeah, be be safe, be responsible. Yes. It's the only it's the only good lesson this show so far has ever fucking taught us. <laughs> Just be safe. And that's enough for me, really. Yeah, it's boy, low low hanging fruit, but I'll take it. Go to therapy, learn nothing from therapy, wear a condom. <laughs> okay, so we are at the scene of wherever the fuck the big dance is happening at. Yes, because we have to, uh, people have to go there and set up. Yes. Yes. It's earlier in the day. It's sunny out. We're getting ready to set up. And Luke is helping Ryan, helping question mark, Ryan carry something? Question mark, question mark? It's very Or it's just kind of in the scene. And he's like, hey, Ryan, <laughs> person who is viscerally hated by Julie Cooper <laughs> to varying degrees. Someone who could be described potentially as the nemesis of Julie Cooper. Do you, are, do you know if Julie Cooper will be at this dancery? Oh, oh, bane of Julie Cooper's existence. Do you, do you know, perchance, if one Julie Cooper will uh, arrive here and make an appearance? Yeah, and Ryan, as well he should, is like, how the fuck should I know, my dude? And then there is a reveal that da da da, 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 da. Teresa is catering the dance for people who have probably forgotten because this was a thousand episodes ago. Who is Teresa, Sarah? Teresa is Ryan's childhood friend, uh, who has remained in Chino. Who they this is the last time we gave Marissa as a character, I think, any grace because the two of them met. And Marissa was very cordial to uh, Teresa. Let it also be said that he mumbled, um, I can't remember the actor's name. Ben McKenzie Mm -hmm. mumbled her name so hard when he came, ran into her again in this scene that I thought he was saying Marissa. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they do sound similar, don't they? They do. Uh. And so um, I think this is also when Teresa is like, yeah, I was hoping I would run into you because I know that you live here. And also I need some money in the catering business. That happens later. Oh, okay. That is why. Yeah. But anyway, she's like, well, look who it is. If it isn't fucking Rye Guy. Yep. And he's like, oh, Teresa. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm going to smolder at you a little bit. It's less... Smolder, smolder. It's less smoldering and more kind of wistful bambying. Yeah, no. He's this got one, he two was, modes. Yeah, yeah. He smolders later. Yes. Yes. But right now he's like, oh, a friendly face that I recognize while I'm kind of experiencing a rough patch. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, these rich people are fucking terrible and I hate them and I hate having to work this job. Oh, but they're all your friends. Oh, sick burn. Oh, I just sick burned you. (laughs) And then we end that scene. And then Seth is in Summer's bedroom again. I don't recall how he enters. Yeah, what is she doing? I can't remember, but yeah, he knocks and he comes in again. And she's like, how do you keep getting past the moat? I thought that would hit funnier than it actually did. Wow. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I'm just... Bomb! Damn! I don't got it, everybody. You got it. It was great. I don't got it. It was... Oh, my God. Um... 
Seth wants to try again. He is taking Ryan's advice to heart. And And his dad's advice. Here's a genuine question to you, because I think that you have, in conversations with me, said 2003, roughly thereabouts, was the era of logging on to your dad's AOL account or whatever. <laughs> uh, not literally, like the, the, the royal dad's AOL account. <laughs> okay. Like, you could access porn. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was was highly available in 2003. Do do we think that Seth Cohen is curious enough to... uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Do it. Because porn is a terrible representation of what women actually are turned on by. Mm -hmm. But he seems to have... The fact that he has no idea what foreplay is (laughs) at his big age... Girl. Uh-huh. So he tries quite verbatim all of the things that Sandy listed off during mm-hmm. their very awkward uh, pleasing the ladies conversation. And he's like, ooh, let me massage you awkwardly. Yeah, but apparently he's never given like a normal human massage before. Yeah. And she says, I believe verbatim, ah, what's with the Vulcan nerve pinch? Which like... Also, we should give her credit for knowing what a Vulcan nerve pinch is. We fucking should. Like, how did Seth's boner not increase by, like, 670%? (laughs) (laughs) And then he tries nibbling on her neck, and she's like, holy shit, I'm super fucking ticklish. Mm -hmm. And then he tries blowing in her ear, which I don't think has ever worked for anyone. And he's like... (laughs) (laughs) he sounds like an old car trying to get started (laughs) and she's like Cohen you fucking suck and she takes off her shirt again and that's when we have the reprisal of yes Summer anything you want Summer (laughs) Uh, so then we're back at the venue of the party and I'm just gonna insert here on the ongoing list of things that the writers of this show don't know anything about, mm-hmm. it's the catering profession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the party isn't even started. And Teresa somehow has time to go shoot the shit with Ryan on some stairs leading up to the venue, mm-hmm. which is very convenient for our plot. Uh, but. Is it the stairs leading up or is it? I don't care where the stairs are. Well, it's- no, because there's two different scenes where they talk. Okay. There's the first scene in the beginning. Oh, we do need to talk uh, very briefly about he and Seth do have an interaction before they go to the party proper. Oh, yeah. Um, so there must be a scene in between Seth yeah. having sex again and that. They're getting their ties on and their suits. Yeah. There must be a scene in between that and yeah. that, though. What is it? Do you know? No. Look it up. I don't want to miss a thing. And I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, Even when I watch this show. <laughs> well, we're going to miss it because I don't know where it is. Nobody ever listens to Ryan. This doesn't count Damn. as you using an original song. Damn! No. It's so original. I'm sorry. It's the originalist. Yeah, okay. So the scene that I'm talking about is Ryan is getting ready. Seth comes in and sits on the chair and says something along the lines of like, oh, it's these, 
it's these pre it's these pre important uh, event conversations of ours that I that I I will I will come to cherish the most. Yes. And Ryan's like, what are we talking about now? Oh no, it's. Is that when they talked about having sex for the first time? No. No, that's I'm, where they had yep. talked about having sex the second time. Because yes. if you remember, Seth is like rubbing his eye. Yeah. And Ryan's like, the fuck happened to your face? And he's like, I, he's like, <laughs> Summer kicked me in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. He's like, there were limbs. Just limbs everywhere. <laughs> I just don't think this sex oh, thing nope. is for me. Nope. This doesn't happen until after Ryan talks with Teresa. Yeah, because that's when he was setting up. That was way earlier. No, Ryan and Teresa have an interaction where they're both sitting on the stairs and he's finishing up stairs to somewhere to heaven. It's a stairway to heaven. Okay. And he's finishing up the story of how everybody blew him off when he was talking about Oliver Mm -hmm. and trying to tell people that Oliver was insane. Mm hmm. Sorry, insane is not the word that you are supposed to use, but I just used it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Anyway. (laughs) This dead air makes for great podcasting. It does. Yes. You need to have a a break every now and then. (laughs) But you can also jump in. I got nothing to say. All right. Because I don't think we're in the right place in the (sighs) storyline. But yeah, I mean, it's important to talk about at some point, he does have a heart-to-heart conversation with her yeah, and she that re- he does not have with any fucking anybody yeah. else that he could actually be, like, talking honestly with about how he feels kind of not listened to and how he feels kind of a little betrayed. And he also took some actions that were sort of questionable, but it also was, I think, in character because nobody was listening to him. Yeah. E.g. the breaking into the files and the... The punching and the, the punching whatnot. The punching and the whatnot. Yeah. Um, he just, yeah. He felt that he needed to find proof because literally no one was listening to him. So Teresa recognizes during this conversation that it must have been really hard for nobody to have believed him or listened to him. And that's really the meat of what we need in this scene. Yeah. Um... Ryan tells Teresa, it's good to talk to someone about it, everything, and everyone else in his life has just either asked him for sex tips or kind of, like, thrown themselves bodily at him. (laughs) Yes. And this is when Marissa steps outside and is like, oh, Teresa. Oh, shit, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And, um... (laughs) <laughs> it's so fucking awkward and you know whatever they're doing it on purpose obviously yep. um, but she and they both try to go into the building at the same time yes like they try to like let, e- let each other by and it just doesn't work yes they're, they're like bumping into each other and I'm like kiss kiss can I also say traditional catering uniforms kind of do it for me oh yeah no I mean they're they're cute as hell yeah yeah you know it's hard to go wrong with like cute black slacks slash a cute black skirt, tiny skirt, button up shirt. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, uh, in the words of Summer, she's hot. She's hot. <laughs> Everybody in this show is cute. What yep. are we gonna say? Um. So what does so what happens after that then? That's the big toe. Okay. Ready for big the toe in the eye. So then there's a parallel conversation that the ladies are having. 
And Summer is trying to persuade That's right. M- Marissa. Summer is limping. Yeah, Summer's limping and she's like, we can't just stay home. And Marissa has determined to be there even more because now she knows that Teresa is catering mm-hmm. and she's going to go uh, stand by her man, ba ba ba. Right. And Summer obviously is like, you want to make sure that they're not going to like, you know, hook up or anything. And Marissa's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to know, want you to know that this, uh, blog post that I am referencing snarksquad.com thank you very much um, for continuity purposes excellent they also mentioned the bangs on Marissa for the first time at this point the, uh, they, I think they are most noticeable at this point okay I think they sort of have like been developing over the course of this episode but they are fully awful in this scene did this episode take like three weeks to film <laughs> I mean, who knows it could have they are terrible in this scene they look like pin on bangs like or clip on bangs it's not great okay so now jimmy is stalking through the boatyard (laughs) like the frankenstein's monster i was gonna say jack the ripper didn't he did he stalk around the wharfs the wharfs the wharfs and the the jetties is a jetty a thing you stalk around yes that sounds correct okay sure anyway he's stalking it's nighttime it is he has the look on his face is very strange oh also his bangs are terrible his bangs are his bangs are canonically worse than marissa's you have to pause at one point you're like what did you say you're like did he cut his own hair in the dark (laughs) it's not good whatever they're trying to do with jimmy cooper's hair is not good it's not doing it so he finds the boat somehow i no, i guess he must have known about it because he's known kirsten for however long yeah and there is a super ass drunk lady on the front of the boat um, swigging a glass of wine and she's like, you're a cop. You're the fucking cop. Hey, you're cop. You're the fucking cop. Are you a pig? You pig. <laughs> and he's like, no, I was just looking, my bangs were looking for Haley. <laughs> my bangs are looking for Haley. Yep. So, uh, Haley. And Haley comes out and she's like, mm, did I hear the word bang? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is it Jimmy bang? <laughs> so drunk woman goes inside yep Haley's like well look who fucking found me blarm 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 aren't you the detective yep and they're reunited and it's feels I'm neutral about it he manages to casually drop the fact that he's a restaurateur now yes so as to be like hey you remember last time we hung out where I was a loser who lost his entire family and the whole the whole fucking neighborhood hated me because I stole their money? I'm still a poor, but I have a potential job title now. <laughs> right, yeah. Things are looking up for me a very little bit. Yay. Yay. All right, so now we're at the big dance. It's the big dance. Sandy has shown up on time. Yep. And uh, because whatever meeting they were supposed to have was canceled between his directives and Jimmy needing to go get some strange (laughs) who he babysat. Yeah. Now here's the other thing. And okay, I'm sorry to talk about this now because we'll have to, you know, we should be talking about it sequentially 
when Jimmy actually goes on his date with Haley because uh, for everybody hearing, he invites her to the restaurant, you know, to ostensibly test, you know, recipes, but obviously that's not going to happen. Test recipes means... But it doesn't. No. Because when we're there, when we get to that scene, he apparently has stalked her down, invited her to wear a sexy little see-through number through which we can see her bra uh, in candlelight. Which is a scandalo for 2003. With uh, big glasses of wine. He has apparently asked her to this in this, all alone, in um, an abandoned restaurant to tell her that they can't bone. And I'm like, that's why you fucking brought, that's why you hunted her down and invited her to what is demonstrably a romantic dinner. Due to the little amount that we spend on this scene, I am led to believe that there's more to this conversation that happens off screen and he's just playing hard to get. You think? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Because she is not playing hard to get. She is like, but why can't we bone? I would sure like to bone. <laughs> this restaurant sure looks like it's not having anybody in it right now. I wish we could bone. <laughs> but she also mentioned that there was asbestos when they were like cutting into the scene. This makes it sexier. I would like to not bone in asbestos. Okay, so we're at the dance. Yeah, sorry, we're back Sandy the is boning. Sandy <laughs> <is> boning. <laughs> we open up on Sandy railing Kirsten <laughs> just on the hors d'oeuvres table. And he's just saying, us Cohen's a very sexual creature. <laughs> okay, Teresa and Ryan are kind of flirting over the canapes. And Seth is introduced in this little exchange to Teresa. And then we cut up to Summer and Marissa viewing the whole thing from a balcony. Right. She pulls up basically her night vision goggles and yep. she's like, that's her. Yeah. Target acquired. Yeah. And Marissa's like, she's so pretty. And Summer's like, yeah. She's hot. <laughs> Marissa's like, and she's smart, and she's funny, and she's nice. Okay, and then Julie does show up at the dance after all, and she was hoping that Caleb would be there because this, despite the fact that everybody said that Caleb was not going to be there, she's like, but what if Caleb's there? So she shows up for plot convenience and also <laughs> to look super hot in whatever she's wearing. Right. And she's like, I'm going to go home for to drink either a bottle of wine in the bathtub or slid my wrists. Yep. And Kirsten's like, wine. Up, up for the wine. Yep. And truly a bottle of wine. I'm not a bath girl. I've never been a bath girl. I know you were. You are a bath girl a little bit. A little bit. If we ever had a bathtub, that would be long enough for me again. This one is not. No. No. No, you would have to fold yourself up like a pretzel. It's not fun. Most of me is out of the water at that point. Yeah. But that does sound like a better time than everyone appears to be having at this dance. <laughs> and I love when Julie makes her exit. Who is it that is atop the escalier uh, looking down upon her? But one sad, forlorn Luke. Whatever last name. his fucking last name is. He is Von Trapping. At the top of the staircase. Yeah, pretty significantly. There's a lot of untrapping happening. Yep. Von trapping. Von trapping. Okay. The 
reason that Jimmy is um, strongly encouraging Haley not to be with him is not because of like any specific reason other than he thinks that she deserves to get out of Newport. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing here? You should be finding yourself. You should be yada yada this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Which is kind of, I think that's a fair reason. But also, I think they're going to bone at some point. Well, but also it's sort of illegitimate because listening to everyone else talk about Haley's exploits, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like she's enjoying herself. Right. You know, it sounds like she's running from something. Right. You know, whether that's a life that she thinks is boring, whether that's the rut that she thinks her sister is in and doesn't want to, you know, follow in the shoes of yada, 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 whatever it is. So what we're saying is including his bangs, this is the third time Jimmy has been wrong (laughs) in this episode. I really, I want to mention this too. This is purely lookist, um, but Haley's teeth are distractingly white. Did you notice that? Yes. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I saw something online that said we legitimately can't have any period pieces anymore in the 2020s of three because nobody had bleached veneers. Yeah, no one is supposed to have. No. There's a great little historian whose YouTube I like to watch called The Welsh Viking. And his channel was growing enough that people were starting to say things like, ah, your teeth are so yellow. And I really appreciate his response was like, yeah, that's because teeth look like this. I like to drink tea. I'm not going to fucking whiten my teeth for you people. (laughs) Fuck off. I don't know who decided that teeth should be white, but that's... that's, They shouldn't. That's for our Patreon teeth episode. (laughs) Teeth are a scam. Yes. Moving on. Marissa corners Ryan at the dance for the 70th time. Yeah. At this point, and it's like, hey, do you want to dance? Do you want to be my boyfriend? Do you want to... Uh, th- Oliver who? Hey, you like my bangs? Because... <laughs> Did these bangs make you want to bang me? Huh? My dad cut my bangs. What's the definition of insanity? Trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yep. Um, that's, that's, he doesn't, he can't start. He's like, no, I can't. I think this is where he says specifically that I can't. Yeah. Does yeah. he say something along the lines of maybe we're, maybe we're, no, she, she muses earlier in the episode, maybe we're not meant to be together. Yeah. When she's with Summer. Yeah. And he says something like, yeah, I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Ryan, my boy, use your words. Everyone can use their goddamn words. Yeah. Um, it's just all, it's just vagaries upon vagaries. Yep. And Seth joins the stupid decisions train and <laughs> finds Summer at the dance and is like, hey, we had bad sex twice. <laughs> I'm not worthy of you, you seasoned slut. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, the way he phrases this is so borderline, like, um, offensive. I I I can't remember exactly what he says, but like, yeah, he's like... Someday I'm gonna be worthy of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like... It's gross. My guy, you know, like... 
whatever. Um, but yeah, then the other phrase he uses is I'm going to bow out. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What the fuck are you talking about, you weirdo? Yeah. And there's very sad piano music, and we get out of that scene. And the only, that's when we jump to the Jimmy and Haley at the restaurant scene. And the only thing yeah. that I have to add to that is those cookies do not look like they would go with champagne. No. No. I mean, they look terrible. Yeah. They look like they are bad cookies. Yeah. Also, quick question for you if she's living on a boat, where the fuck did she bake those cookies? Boats can have ovens, I assume. You think this drunk bitch's boat has a fucking oven? Maybe she snuck into the Cohen's house <laughs> while they were sleeping or at a dance. Maybe she baked them while everyone was at the dance. No, no, that that, the timeline for that is really yeah. very wrong. No. Okay, it's fine. Keep going. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Okay, Teresa finds Ryan outside the dance and is like, I guess you're super rich now, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And oh yeah, she's like, look at you, fancy new clothes, fancy haircut. She tussles his hair, yep. touching him. Yep. And they both express the uh, idea to each other that they've been thinking about leaving. I love he's like, you probably have to keep like working here, right? Because it's like your job. Oh, you mean leaving? Like, yes. He's like, yeah, she's like, yeah. have you thought about leaving here, yeah. the OC? And he's like, yes. Increasingly recently. Yeah. And he's like, have you thought about leaving? And she's like, yeah, except it's fucking Chino. And how the fuck am I going to leave? Yeah. Which means we're really due for Ryan's version of a therapy session. Yeah. Which is playing. Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty. Honey. <laughs> you'll, you'll remember it eventually. It's fine. It's it's not a name that makes any sense. I'll give I'll give you that. Okay. And if you don't know that it's about the battles of the three kingdoms, then you when won't I have got any the, reason. I got warriors, but then my brain got stuck on the warriors, the nineteen seventies film. Oh come and on, just went warriors, come out and play, and I was yeah, like, no, that's yeah, not no, that's not no, what it is. No. So, uh, Ryan I'm gonna is like, I'm going to give you a mnemonic device. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So it's Dynasty Warriors, okay. right? And in the game, okay, you die nasty you die nasty see that doesn't work because we die in dynasty warriors breath of the wild all the time you don't die nasty in breath of the wild though Mm. you die very serenely most of the time Mm. unless a moblin has like smacked me across the fucking hills yeah or I've just been shot by a fucking guardian wow breath of the wild is really hard you guys (laughs) Like, maybe I'm just very old and I'm not good at video games, but Breath of the Wild is seriously difficult for me. But it's delightful. It's great. I love that you can ride horses and you can you can bef- you can feed animals. That's my favorite thing. Okay. Teresa and Ryan decide to blow this pop stand and we have a scene of a Cadillac not Cadillac, convertible of a questionable era. We don't, we, it's supposed to look old, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teresa pulls up in it and Ryan gets in. There's a very important scene before that. All right. It's the scene where our girl Marissa is fully crying. No, that happens after because she sees the two of them get in the car. Yeah. And that is her catalyst to cry. What do you. Is what? it? Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that happened. No, it, it, the conversation happens before that. I there promise. will eventually be a supercut of you the, saying, is it? No, I, I promise. Right. The catalyst to cry is the fact that he said that he can't. Because he and she and Summer leave. Remember, Summer comes no. up and says, you ready to get out of here? But then they're trying to... But then they leave, and as they're on the stairs, they see Ryan leaving with Teresa. Correct. That's well after Sandy had his conversation with Marissa. Nope. It a thousand percent is. Nope. Yep, it's a thousand percent is. Nope. Anyway. No, okay, I'm gonna... No, here's the thing. So she's she's fully crying. Sandy comes up and is like, hey, do you mind if I sit here? And she's like, no, I guess not. <laughs> and he has the conversation with her. Okay, about, fine, you're right. Fine, yeah, you're right. Fine, I know you're right, I'm right. Fine, you're right. Okay, all right. But let's talk about this conversation now okay. because it's a he dads. Yep. And we love it when Sandy Cohen dads. Yep. And uh, this, this conversation serves two purposes for the storyline. I paused and said... I want Sandy Cohen to be my dad, but I also want to make out with him, and I'm very confused. <laughs> it's, it's a conflict. It's an internal conflict that all of us are dealing with yeah. at all times. Yep. So this conversation serves two purposes uh, for the plot. So while Sandy is sort of consoling Marissa and giving her a piece of advice on how to deal with Ryan, even though Marissa is trying to trying to pretend like it's not about Ryan. Uh-huh. Um, so this is his opportunity to dad, but then also who is eavesdropping in the back of the scene? But Kirsten. Kirsten. Cohen. Yes. And, you know, um, because this, this whole talk that Sandy gives to Marissa is all about love and how it's worth it. And sometimes it's not easy and sometimes you'll fight and neither of you will remember why you were even fighting about in the first place. And, you know, he says, <laughs> this struck me. He was like, you kids have been through a lot. You've been th through so much already. There's no reason not to, you know, you, you should keep going. And part of me is like, Sandy, actually, maybe the maybe the fact that they've been through so much already and they barely know each other. Yeah. Maybe that's a reason not to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> maybe life isn't supposed to be this fucking hard. And maybe relationships aren't supposed to be this fucking miserable all the time. That's something that I thought about consciously in that scene. I had a friend a long time ago who, like, you and I disagree about things all of the time. I think we have had a real fight once yeah. in 13 years of knowing each other. Yeah. And I think there's been this, again, stereotype perpetuated by the media. Marriage is work. It's going to mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. hard. You're mm -hmm. going to have to set. No. No. It shouldn't be hard. No, it shouldn't be hard. If it's hard, then maybe you're not meant to be together. Yeah. Maybe you need to do some work on yourself. Maybe you need to learn some communication skills. Maybe everyone needs to fucking go to therapy. Yeah. But my one specific friend could not believe that we, at the time, had never had a fight. Yeah. And she was like, but everyone fights. And I'm like, do they? Yeah. Maybe that's maybe you shouldn't, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, I grew up with that as an environment because that's what I saw modeled on my parents. But... It doesn't mean that television shows should 
be like, hey, you guys, marriage is hard. Right. It's you gotta put in the work. You gotta put in the work. You, you gotta, gotta. It's effort. It's you know. Some it's days, golfing. You gotta have a plan. <laughs> so she's like, "Thanks a lot, Mr. Cohen." And then Summer comes up behind and says, "Hey, Mr. Cohen. Hey, yeah. Coop, you ready to go?" Yeah. And Coop's like, "Yeah, let's get out of here." Yes. And that's when they leave. And that's when they see Ryan get in the car and drive away with Teresa. Yep. And Coop loses her shit. Yep. And we cut to Ryan and Teresa hanging out in the pool house briefly, and they're looking very cozy. And this is also when this television show does not understand the job of caterers, because she's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to be back. and I serve the appetizers. I don't have to be back until we break down. For yeah, it's like, um, what? Like, <laughs> in what world is that what happens? That's not what how hourly jobs work. <laughs> In any let you kick off for a little fucking while. No, to go snuggle with your best friend slash person you want to sleep with. <laughs> right? Because she absolutely does. Oh, of course she does. And like, because Ryan is dreamy. Yeah, he's dreamy as hell. Yeah. And also at this point, we kind of ship it. He looks pretty good in a, in a suit. Yeah. You know, and this is probably the first time she's ever seen him in a suit. Yeah. Honestly, you know. She's probably a little sick of that wrist cuff at some point. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, this is a nice change of pace. There were very few wrist cuffs, but there was definitely a wife beater in this episode. Yes, there was. Yes. Yes, there was. There's okay. Probably multiple. So now we're at Julie's house. <laughs> I love this scene so much. You just giggled through well, this whole okay, scene. Okay, I shouldn't say I love this scene. I love one thing about this scene. Okay. <laughs> she opens the door and she goes, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking perfect. Guess who's at the door, Evan? It's Luke is at the door, Sarah. She has an enormous <laughs> glass of wine. She is in her bathroom. It's like it's basically like a in a garden during quarantine glass of wine. Yeah, it's essentially a fishbowl with a stem. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's filled with fucking white wine. Oh, and when she was talking to Kirsten and describing what she was going to do for her exit, she did mention, I am going to blast Bob Seeger when I get home. <laughs> and Kirsten was like, we'll shut the windows. So that comes to her fruition because what song is playing during the scene, Evan? I don't know the name of it. Night Moves. Night Moves. Familiar to many of our generation because of the um, Liz Lemon version, working on my night cheese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that show in a long time. But there's a part. (laughs) What is the line of the song? Something like teen. Like fixing your teen mistakes or something. (laughs) Something like that. And we're we're just like, show. (laughs) What the fuck, show? You paused and you're like, that's awfully on the nose. Even for this fucking show that loves to be on the nose. They, they love it so much. They live on the nose. Yes. That's where they operate. They're like girlies. Right on the tip of the nose. Girlies wearing the nasal passages. <laughs> so yeah, and this is where Luke gives his 
questionable but adorable speech about how you're you're a cool mom and you always let us listen to whatever music we wanted to listen to and also when we were playing a game that we used to play where we would we would vote on what people's moms we'd want to bone you always won and then Julie goes I beat Kirsten <laughs> So, yeah, keep going, keep going, sorry. I can kind of see, I can see why she would be flattered by this, because I am about the age that I think she was supposed to be. Sure. And, like, as much as I feel loved and cherished and objectified and all those, and objectified, parentheses, positive, by you, I do also feel like I am sort of disappearing from the general consciousness of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not viewed as a person who is capable of having sex or looking cute anymore. Mm -hmm. And it especially must be compound. There's a reason that that's a stereotype. There's a reason that's a trope. There was a reason there was a whole series starring Courtney Cox called Cougar Town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. Um... I guess it was supposed to be good, but I've never seen it. But I know it existed. But it'll be a Patreon episode. It'll be a Patreon episode. <laughs> We're never gonna do that shit, probably. But anyway. But like like there's a reason that stereotype exists. Yeah. It it was just done in the most inadvertently hilarious way possible. This is I'll probably want to bring this up as a as a discussion topic. I'll just do it right now because we're here. Is this okay? Yeah. Cause this is my discussion topic. And this is This is a trope now that has come up twice in this show because when Caleb's first girlfriend was introduced in the episode, The Girlfriend, she hits on Ryan, right? Yeah. And we talked a lot about how gross that was. Yeah. Um, It is also gross here. Okay, yeah. And like, we talked then at that episode about like how problematic and troublesome and worrisome this trope of young men with mature women is fine because again i'll say the same thing that we said in that other episode what if it was gender swapped and it was a young girl pursuing a mature man yeah no then you've got your hands on a fucking humbert humbert Mm -hmm. and that shit's pedophilia then yeah right i said earlier in this episode we're just uh, in the same way that your team Oliver mm-hmm. were embracing this trope, finger quote, finger quote, finger quote. Well, you know, Luke is really becoming the human golden retriever of this show now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His intentions are are mostly he's just backing up his friends, you know? Yeah. And letting Julie Cooper know that she's smoking hot. <laughs> And and he's also some of the things he's like, Caleb Nickel, you know, if 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 he doesn't treasure you, then you know, he just doesn't see what he's got. He just doesn't he's just taking you for granted. Like definitely things that teens would have the self awareness to say. (laughs) For sure. Oh god. And what does she do? She takes a huge swig of her wine. Yep. She downs the whole... She downs it. That's right. She slams the fucking rest of the glass. Yeah. Smooches him. The sequence of events is very confusing because she smooches him and then checks the door to see who could possibly be looking. 
and then ushers him inside when she the says, coast is clear. And they are going to work on their night moves. Would you like to come in? <laughs> <laughs> Other night moves. Yes. Oh, shit. So then, just to breeze through this scene, because it's very cute, and it puts a bow on this, Kirsten and Sandy come back home, and yep. Kirsten is like, are you super happy that this is all over, the Valentine's Day, you don't have to think about it anymore, and they go up to the bedroom, and Sandy has lit all the candles, despite the fact that uh, Ryan burned down... <laughs> Did they learn the model nothing? home. <laughs> don't let, don't put candles. Someone might come in and punch you. Right. Yeah. Candles, uh, rose petals everywhere. Yeah. And did you, the fucking size of that heart shaped box of chocolates? It would took up half the bed. It's egregious. There yes. must be a, a hundred chocolates in that thing. Your move for next Valentine's day. Evan. All right. Yeah. I'm on it. <laughs> I'll start saving now. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten climbs onto the bed and just starts mauling this fucking heart. She's like, give me the caramel ones. And Sandy's like, I want the ones with the nuts. <laughs> and I don't know if that's supposed to be a double entendre, but it's great. Who knows? Oh, also, he shoots her with the bow and arrow. He sure does. Yep. And that's a nice little wrap up to that scene. Um, then Seth is moping in his room and having a dialogue with Captain Oates about how he fucked up the whole thing. Um, oh, we also, we did not mention that, uh, Summer also has a horse. Mm-hmm. It's a My Little Pony. She's named it Princess Sparkle. So Seth is like, I'm sorry that you didn't get to hang out with Princess Sparkle. It's supposed to be very cute and whatever, but I'm just, I don't know. I go back and forth. I think I'm numb to Seth now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So then Summer bops into the bedroom and, like, here's a question. Yeah. And it has arisen by this looking at this paragraph in this blog post that I am referencing. How did does everybody have their doors unlocked in Newport <laughs> Beach, or did Sandy and Kirsten have to stop mid bone <laughs> to let this to child let in? Summer in. Where is Rosa? Oh, Rosa hasn't been seen for many, many episodes it, now. Yeah, because theor- theoretically, Rosa could have let her in. I guess. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Rosa let her in. We'll say that. <laughs> and then the summer tells Seth that it was her first time. This too. is the big reveal, right? And she sits down on the bed and she's like, Cohen, I've got I've got something to tell you. That that time that first time that we had it was also my first time. Yep. Sorry, I, I I interrupted you. I caught myself even doing it. And I was like, well, I'm here now. I it's might as okay. well just keep fucking talking. And everybody's mind was blown. The thing is, you don't have to, like, don't think about it too much. Uh, if you get too in your head about interrupting me or talking over me, you're not going to have a good time talking I'm, I'm about I'm enjoying this. myself. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, back to the, back to right, the scene. And Seth is again magically wise beyond his years yeah. and it's like 
So it was both of our first times. Maybe we should just slow it down and like go steady at the sock hop or something. <laughs> and then they, because of court, of court, I paused it and said, of course, he has a fucking vinyl record player. Yep. He puts on Wonderwall by Ryan Adams, which unfortunately is a superior version of that song because it is mournful and reedy and sad and they start slow dancing and then that carries over to the final time in this episode that marissa tries to throw herself at ryan and declare herself to him in the pool house right she storms in and she's like where is she where the fuck is Teresa? i'm gonna fucking fight her and ryan's like uh she left she she been she done been gone. Yeah. Bitch, the fuck are you doing here? And she yells a bunch of stuff about how I'm not gonna leave you, people abandon you. It's like she's taking the wrong things. It was bad advice to get. Mm-hmm. But Sandy didn't know not to give it to her. Yeah. But it also fits in with the nobody is really understanding what Ryan needs. This is the episode of adult men giving Marissa terrible advice. Yeah. (laughs) With good intentions. And like, she doesn't actually... It's the equivalent of a notes app apology where (laughs) you don't actually take... Uh, responsibility for your part in what happened. She's, you're just kind of like, I'm sorry if I made you feel this way. Mm-hmm. And Ryan's like, no. For the 7,000th time, no. Yeah. And she gets hurt again and leaves. And we close on the pool lights gently flickering over Ryan's face mm-hmm. as he watches her exit. Yeah. And it closes the door behind her. Pursued by crying bears. And he's wearing his white his wife top. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So really, everyone that gets shot with the arrow yeah. finds some kind of affection that, in the arms of another. That is a fascinating observation that I did not make until you brought it up. Uh, to to back up one or two scenes, one of the things, and it, it's obviously he's wise beyond his years, blah, 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 but like... Seth does say something that seems like something that his character might actually be capable of saying when Summer uh, says that it was also her first time. He's like, oh, wow, damn. Then, like, that was kind of a big deal for both of us, and we just kind of flew right by it, you know? It just kind of, like, we didn't... Yeah, like, and she's like, yeah, you know, maybe... She says maybe we should have... Maybe maybe it should have been special. You yeah. Know? I interpreted that the exact opposite. I interpreted that as the writers putting 35-year-old people how they would think about that scene mm-hmm. into his mouth, but mm-hmm. to each their own. Okay. This also goes back to me being up and down so many times with Seth motherfucking Cohen <laughs> that I am numb to him. <laughs> Number. Bitch. So that is this Valentine's Day episode, episode 19, titled The Heartbreak. Real quick. Episode hero. Oh, fuck. Um, Jesus, shit. I totally forgot that that was a part that we did of this fucking show. Do you want me to do mine while you think about yours? Yes. It's, it's 
It's it's it's a broken record at this point, but Sandry Anthony Cohen. So okay, he he dads, but does he dad good, or does he just give shitty advice? And I not feel comfortable enough talking with people about actual things like relationships, love, and sex. He also does the eyebrow thing <laughs> in reference to summer because he yeah, in that whole. Right. Can I can I ask who 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 you was it summer? <laughs> what does he say? He's like he's like that's my boy or no, something like what does that. He say he's like he's like oh what is he? He's like ah you dog or something like that. Listen. My justification for Sandry Anthony Cohen being my episode hero is not because I have any idea how to parent. Uh-huh. It is because he touched me mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. in this episode, both with the actions toward Kirsten mm-hmm. and the kind of the good faith. Like, we have this idea, especially in... Uh, television shows that parents know what they're doing at all times. And we have to remember that they don't. They're just kind of making shit up as they go along also. So he's doing the best that he can and he's embracing these kids and his wife to the point that he's able to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. (sighs) Okay. Part of me wants to say, because, okay, these characters, I, I can't simultaneously get angry at Seth for displaying the maturity of a 30-year-old mm-hmm. and then be angry at Ryan for having the reactions of an actual teenager, right? That would To me, that would be unfair. Right. It'd be... Uh, Inconsistent. But this show has no consistency. So, like, part of me was like, okay, part of me wanted to, you know what, just fuck it. Um, I'm, I love Sandy, obviously. I love when he dads, you know, I love when he does romantic gestures with his, with his wife. Um, he doesn't use his words. He's not a good communicator, but that is completely consistent. Ryan Atwood is a shitty communicator. I think Ryan is my hero because he, if he's learned one thing, it's that people don't listen to him. Yeah. And he has given these people the benefit of the doubt so many times. Mm -hmm. And now the way he phrased it, I think was perfect. Just, I can't, I just can't, you know, Uh, what if it happens again? She's like, it won't. And he's like, I don't know that, you know? So I think Ryan is my hero. He advocates for himself. Um, you know, he did, 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 I don't think it'll stick. Obviously, I'm sure that they'll retcon something along the way so that he and Marissa will get back together because obviously they're this pairing that I'm sure a lot of viewers were, you know, shipping. They were, I'm sure viewers were doing a whole fucking East India trading company of shipping, <laughs> you know, for this fucking, for this fucking uh, pair of kids. Everybody's MySpace page was in shambles. <laughs> Friendsters forget about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Episode villain. Ooh, okay. Oh, boy. 
Do you have one? I do. Okay, you start. The writers <laughs> of the Hulu episode summary for this episode. What? These, what is the Hulu episode? The Hulu episode description summary of this episode was Ryan's attempts at getting back together with Marissa are thwarted by the arrival of Teresa. Um, fucking excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Did they watch this fucking episode? Apparently not. Um... That is the 100% oppositist thing of fucking who that you could fucking describe for this goddamn episode. That is not an accurate description in any way, shape, or form of what transpires in this episode. Nope. That is terrible. Not even as high. writers, do better. Do fucking better. Um, are you union? Do better. Anyway. Add us in the Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good villain that is a good villain um ah boy i you know what okay fine if we made uh if we made caleb nichols ex-girlfriend the villain for hitting on a child uh, julie's my villain for this episode because yeah. she bones a minor yeah that's it yeah that's it i mean he's technically not a minor in like alabama <laughs> How old are these characters supposed to be now? Still 17-ish? 16, 17. Okay. So they're still minors. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, it would hardly matter even if he was 18. Still at you. You yeah. know? Primarily because he dated your fucking daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, dude. Uh-huh. Have some decorum. Uh-huh. For God's sake. Uh-huh. Have a shred of self-respect and respect for your fucking family. (laughs) Canonically, Julie has always been kind of horny for Luke. Yes. Yes. It's just that we interpreted it previously as a horny for his uh, standing in society for... For her daughter. Her daughter. Yeah. Now it's just a horny for... (laughs) uh, Yep. I was like, where's she going to go with this one? For, horny for the teenage D. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate dislike. it. Dislike. Yep. Dislike. On that note, what's our time? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, let me ask you this. Do you feel that I spoke over you a lot? No. Great. Okay, good. Then I feel good about that. All right. Um, we're at a little over two hours and nine minutes. Excellent. So the totally reasonable amount of time. Totally reasonable amount of time. Friends and family, uh, text me. <laughs> let me know if you think that that you got the bang for your buck in this episode. If uh, if you feel that we really dove into all of the the themes of this episode, you know, to your liking, or if you would like us to spend more time next <laughs> next episode, you know, to really get in there. Um, <laughs> Because we do this, well, I was going to say we do this for you, but that's a blatant lie. We do this for us. We do this for the sheer absurdity of it at this point. Find us at O-Y-G-W-W-T-O-C dot Tumblr dot com. You're right. That is way less absurd than the Twitter handle. (laughs) 
Um, okay, I do want to, because last episode, this was kind of fun. Last episode, I uh, I made sort of like a... Um, Prediction? Thank you, yes, about what I thought would sort of happen in this episode and how I thought they would try to wrap up the fallout from the Oliver plotline. Uh-huh. Um, and I was quite wrong. I, I, I was right that they would expunge all of the disciplinary uh, potential against Ryan. Uh-huh. So they expunged that uh, quite conveniently. But I was wrong about everything else, like relationship-wise. Because that could have been a source of actual interesting dramatic tension. So right? we can't have that. Because, wow, <laughs> I love how they just totally ignored the fact that he beat a student. So, like... Yeah. Pretty violently. Everyone was like, oh, he probably deserved it. Yeah, right? Like, that's some really Judd, Judd <laughs> fucking, uh, the murder of, uh, Judd, uh, not Apatow. Poor Judd is dead. Poor Judd <laughs> from fucking Oklahoma. What's his last name? Uh, I... Poor Judd is dead. Poor I... Judd something is dead. I thought you were going to go to Judd Apatow's reaction to uh, Chris Rock getting slapped by Will Smith. No, I don't know what that is, but... He could have died, Evan. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Judd Apatow said he could have died? Yeah. How strong does he think Will Smith is? (laughs) Did he see Hancock and thought that there were no special effects in that? Anyway, I do love that they were just like, ah, it doesn't matter that he beat the shit out of this kid. I guess he deserved it. Um, Judd Fry? Is that it? Poor Judd is I have Poor Judd Fry. Never seen California, Evan. California, Sarah. <laughs> You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched The O.C., the show about watching and talking about The O.C., recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios, hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us copyright 2023 